Welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. A place to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. And who am I? You know I'm just the voice of one calling out saying repent. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's up, everybody? Appreciate y'all coming in here with me today. Just want to get some things uh, out in the open so we can go ahead and preach this gospel real good to the people. That was Miss Brenda Lowe. She was saying she wasn't ashamed of the gospel. That was 15 years ago she wrote that song. That's an old school. That's old head right there in the faith. And it's getting to that time, you guys, where uh, you are going to be called not to be ashamed of this gospel. And if you don't be careful, you're going to be standing up for a different gospel that's going out here in America. You know what I'm saying? But before we do start, I want somebody real quick just to give me another thumbs up to let me know I'm, uh, you hear me real good because I just want to make sure everybody hear me. Yeah, I, I hope you. everybody had a I hope everybody had a, a good holiday, you know. Hope you got what you wanted. And if you didn't, well, I I really don't care. Uh let's talk about encouragement. Let me encourage some people real quick. Let me encourage some people real quick. In Joshua chapter one and verse nine, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. It says, Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's if you're in L.A., that's if you're in the ATL, that's if you're in H-Town, that's if you're in the Southwest, that's if you're in San Antonio. Whoever listening to this around the world, I want you to know wherever you go, God goes with you. And if God goes with you, that gospel should be going with you. So that's why you shouldn't be discouraged. That's why you should be bold. That's why you should remain strong. Not because you got a good job, not because that money going with you, not because your family going with you. No, because God is with you. God is with you. I'm talking to some saints right now who going through some stuff. I'm talking to some saints right now who dealing with depression, anxiety, fear, failure, breakups, loneliness, lost. You may lose everything in this world. Been there. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. You may lose everything in this world, but God will be there right with you. That's what you want to build your foundation on. John chapter 16 and verse 33. Check out one of these promises. I have said these things to you. This Jesus talking to you. That in me you may have peace. That in Jesus, that's in Jesus Christ, the anointed one, God's son, in him you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Again, he says to us that in him, that's where you get your peace. I'm sorry, you're not going to get it in a relationship. You're not going to get it in your job. You're not going to get it in, in your money. Yeah, you might get a little piece in it, and it may be a piece for a short amount of time. But I'm here to tell you that there's a peace that's in Jesus that once you take hold of that, yo, anything can be chaos. But your soul, that inner person in you, 
Man, you going to be so at peace. Where everybody around here losing their mind. Going crazy. Jumping off the buildings. Spiritually speaking. Man, you going to be in perfect peace. Why? Because you got your peace in Jesus. That's where your stability is at. You put your down payment, right, on Christ Jesus. That's where you put your down payment. That's where you put your stock into. That's what you invested into. And see, in this day of age that we're living in, if you look closely, you see a whole bunch of people who, hey, you must have invested in something that's falling right now. That's why you acting like that. That's why you feeling like that. In your, in your younger years, or years ago, you was investing in a job. You was invested in a relationship. You was invested in a ministry. You was investing in, in some type of dream, right? But now that it's not coming to pass or now that it's falling apart, you don't have peace. You don't have peace. You rattled. You getting rattled. You getting shook. Because your peace wasn't establishing Christ. See, now it's, I, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what the spirit of the Lord is saying to me, God's people. See, we finna start seeing, I'm telling you, looking at people's life, you finna see, oh, okay. You're, you gonna know if they with Jesus or not. And we gonna get into that a little bit more. But then I want you to uh, check it out. He promised us, he said, in this world, you will have tribulations. You going through a tough time? Well, hey, that's a promise. We already knew we was going to have that. But while you're going through that tough time, my brothers, my sisters, hey, I need you to be a good courage. Because the Jesus that you investing in or the Jesus that's in you right now, hey, he wants you to know he overcame that. So guess who going to overcome it? You or yours? Yeah, yeah, you about to overcome that. I'm here to tell you right now. You finna overcome that. Whatever you facing, you about to overcome. Yeah, you got the you got the uh the enemy pinned down right now. One, two. And you finna get a, a three count. So I need you to keep on walking with Jesus. Don't switch up on me. That's what God's saying. Say, hey, 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 hey. Don't switch up on me right now. Yeah, yeah. Don't switch up on me. Don't let the devil get you in that interrogation room and you start switching up on him. I need you to ride with me. This whole ride the whole way with me. You feel me? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. What you scared of? I say, what you scared of? God's people? Oh, well, it's the it's war going on and the economy all in the world and, and gas going back up and I don't know who going to win the president election. That's what you scared of? Nah. Not God's people. Because the word of God said, I gave you a spirit of power. Let that power start showing in your walk. Let that love start pouring out. You know, because when, when chaos get uh, going on and when fear happens, that's when you see a lot of hate going on. Yeah, you start seeing that hate rise when a lot of fear going on. You really start seeing, oh, people really got hate in their heart. That's what fear do. It exposes that hate. It exposes that you, you really don't have no power. 
Yeah, and you really don't have self-control. You don't have self-control over those demons when fear starts to tap in your life. You don't have self-control over those demons when them trials and tribulations come into your life. Why is that? Why is that? I need you to get with God and ask him, say, God, I need that spirit not to feel. Yeah, instead of asking for a job, instead of asking for money, instead of asking for relationships, instead of asking for a ministry uh, opportunity, I don't care. Man, let's check this out, God. I'm going to need it. I need that spirit not to feel right now. Yeah, that's what I want, God. I want a spirit when I when I when I look at the demons, I look at them dead in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I want. God wants you not to fear. So anyway, that's just for some encouragement. I need to encourage my I, I had talked to a couple people today, man, that was just rattled. They was shook. You know what I mean? Talked to a couple people when I was at work. Couple uh clients at my job. Then a couple people that I just seen on the streets, man. And they just going through things. You know, you can just see in their eyes, man, they they fear. They don't know that they got God with them. Yeah, this world can be against me, but if I got God with me, what's up? I need you to tag team God into your life. You remember, shout out to all my wrestling fans. You remember when, when, when it was a tag team match and the opponent was on the ground and that crowd, they get the chin and chin and that and the opponent, he got his hand out because he want his, uh, his partner to, hey, just tag me in because you tag me in, hey, we're going to get crunk up in here. And he be trying to get him in. Soon as he, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But as soon as he tag him in, man, the crowd go crazy and the momentum begins to shift. I'm trying to tell you, once you tag team Jesus into your life, not energy, not prosperity, not the stars, not the moon, not sage, none of that. I'm talking about you got you, this time around. See, God let you do all that. He, he overlooked it. Now, this time around, he said, no, 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 no. I'm going to need you to focus on my son now. See, I overlook all that. I let you do your little stuff. I let you do your little, you know, you read you read your palms and all that. I let you do that for a little bit. You call a psychic hotline. He said, I let you do that for a little bit. Now, I'm going to need you to tag team Jesus in your life. The only time, the only way you go get victory over this, if you call on my son, Jesus. Period. So I'm going to need you to tag team them. And I promise you, once you tag team them in, you get out the ring. Because obviously when you're in the ring, we see what's going down. <laughs> so look, the best way to win this battle that you in, get out the ring. Yeah, just get out. Let Jesus get in that ring for you. And all you do, instead of get, just throw scriptures in the ring. Just, yeah, yeah. Just throw Galatians 1.8. 2 Corinthians eleven four. Just throw it in the ring. Yeah, and watch Jesus handle that for you. All right? So anyways, I just wanted to, I told you, just wanted to encourage some people a little bit. Now, today we're going to be talking about the doctrine of Jezebel. There's a doctrine of Jezebel that's going rampant across our world, but it's very heavy in America and it is going rampant in the churches. 
there's a doctrine of Jezebel. There's another gospel. And we heard about this other gospel in the scriptures. Let me read these scriptures to you, okay? Now, again, I want you, let me pray real quick. Heavenly Father, please give us the ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I, I, I just want, I'm not here. We don't want to be here to get entertained or be like, ooh, that was good. All we want to do right now, God, is say, we hear what thus saying the Lord. Give us ears, God, to hear that. And give us eyes to see what you're seeing right now. Open up our heart, dear God, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, another gospel. Galatians 1.8 says, but even, check it out, but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be a curse. See what I'm saying? In Galatians, I want to read from Galatians uh, chapter one, and I'm going to start at verse six, and then we'll get to that verse. It says, I'm astonished. This was Paul talking to the Galatians church because he came through. He gave him that real gospel, right? But he had to go keep doing his business. So he wrote to them this letter and he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly des deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So we already seeing that Paul saying there's going to be a different gospel. There's going to be preachers preaching a different gospel. They're going to have churches preaching a different gospel. So we got to be careful. We got to be watching out for this, my brothers and sisters. Not that there's another one, facts, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Ain't that the truth? He said there's going to there's gonna come intelligent speakers. Gifted speech uh, speakers, and they're going to distort the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what's coming. Matter, I'm sorry. That's what's here right now in America. But you're going to have to have spiritual ears to hear them distorting it. Why? Because it's going to be very clever, and we go see that later on. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you let him be a curse see we seeing how serious Paul was about this gospel he was he was he was confronting these people letting them know say if anybody and he even called out he said even the angels if they even come down here uh speak another gospel let them be a curse I don't care who it is that's what Paul was saying. You see what I'm saying? And then he says, as we have said before, and he said, I'm going to say it again. He said, I'm going to say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be cursed. He said that twice. Very serious about that, man. Very serious about it, you guys. Okay, in 2 Corinthians, chapter 11 and 3 and 4. I'm just laying down foundation with scripture so you can see what this other gospel is doing to us and how you, you I'm going to give you 
verses from God in his holy scriptures. And it's going to let you know how you can easily, easily spot it out. Because that's what God wants. God don't want to be fooling people out here. He ain't, the, he ain't the author of confusion. He wants to give you a sound mind. You, you heard it? He, I'm going to give you a sound mind. You know what I'm saying? So 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3 and 4. It says, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning. So this gospel going to be very cunning. Like it's going to be very slippery, slick, slimy, you know, and you know how it's hard to catch a snake. So it's going to be hard to if you're not in the spirit to catch. it. Oh, that's the old. That, that was you. That was you. Holy Spirit. That was you. That was you. That was you. So it's going to be hard for you to catch it. You see what I'm saying? OK, your thoughts will be led astray. Ooh, come on. Your thoughts will be led astray. From a sincere and pure devotion to to Christ, your body go still be there. Come on, hold. But your thoughts, your mind, your mind go be led astray. You, it's gonna be gone. It's gonna be gone. That's why we got people right now just sitting in the churches. Minds gone. Dude. Can't even accept the word. Can't even hear the word of God no more because they have accepted another gospel. They have accepted another gospel and they sincere, pure devotion to Christ. Gone. Led astray. They're not, they, they don't have a the appetite. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is telling you. They don't have the appetite to be devoted to Christ no more. They got an appetite of this world. And the lust and covetousness of this world, the proud, the pride of this world, that's where they appetite it. Why? Because they minds, they thoughts, they can't even think about holy things. They can't even think about righteous things. They can't even think about pure things. Why? Because they thoughts have been led astray. That's when you know you sin up under another gospel. Talk to us, God. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus, then the one we proclaim, he, he's saying that again. Or if, if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it already enough. What he's saying is, man, if you already receiving this, you've been putting up with it too long already. You've been up under this gospel too long already. And this 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 gospel that we up under, though, man, it's over the whole American region. It's over the whole country, you guys. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The spirit of the Lord wants to be, man, it's over the whole country right now. I told you earlier, if you go to back, God said it was going to be a famine in the land, not a bread, not a water, but hearing the word of God, hearing the word of God. What's the word of God? The gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a famine right now, man. Straight up, y'all. And we're going to have to be very careful. It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness. When the gospel is going forth, it's going to be teaching you, it's going to reprove you, correct you, and train you in righteousness. That's what the gospel is supposed to be doing to us, y'all. That's what it's supposed to be doing to us. Think about it. If you're not, and I'm not here to call out pastors or bishops, and that's not my, I'm, I'm, I want you to listen to the, the words that's coming from whoever you're sitting up under. It needs to be training you in righteousness, not training you to be a better civilian for this world. How to be a successful civilian. Uh, someone waiting to, uh, to be let in. Jellybean, you got there? Somebody waiting to be let in. Go ahead and let them in for me, please. Thank you, baby. But anyways, yeah, man. So that's what I'm saying. We're going to have to be very careful again to be able to discern, listen, both ears. Wait a minute. Is this another gospel? Hey, welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? You know, I'm just a voice of one calling out saying, repent. You know the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you come in, go ahead and put it on mute for me. If you come in, just go ahead and put it on mute for me. Thank you very much. Hey, we uh, if you're just getting in, we're talking about another gospel. And I want you to examine your life, examine your uh where you're at right now in your walk to see, am I sitting up under another gospel? Okay. Revelations chapter two. And we're going to start off at verse 18. Revelations chapter two, and we're going to start off at verse 18. We're going to go to Revelations, and then we're going to go to first King chapter 21. We're going to do a Bible study today. And we go, the spirit of the, of the Lord go break it down to you, to where we're at right now. Okay. He said, write this letter to the angel of the church in Houston, in America. We're going to put it like that. All right. We, we're going to see, we're going to read this letter like it's coming to us in America. Wherever you at in America, around the world, just make it plain. Make it for you right now. Okay, this is the message from the son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. Okay, now when they say that, that I don't, I'm not finna get in no argument with you about if he black or white. Because I know that's the scripture y'all like to use and be like, see, see, I told you he was, a, I don't care to be honest with you. I just don't want to go to hell. Yeah, I, I believe that hell is real. So if his feet black, if it's white, orange, purple, I don't care. But I noticed that's the verse right there for uh, you uh, proud black folks. <laughs> uh, whose eyes are like flame of fires. What, what, what kind of eyes are those? The type of eyes, if you look into, I guarantee you will fold like a lawn chair. Yeah, I guarantee all that power you got, when you look into those eyes, it's all going to be gone, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all gonna be gone when you look into these eyes. Flames of fire. 
Man, I don't, man. Keep playing. Okay, verse 19. He says, I know all the things you do. That's scary enough for me. Right there. See, right there. I know all the things you do. You do? Tell somebody say, you do, God? <laughs> I don't want to know everything I do. I have seen your love. He said, I've seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patience, endurance. He said, I see you out there. See, he started off giving you props. Thank you, God. You know what I'm saying? Not for just coming with the hammer. So he comes with us. He say, I see that. You, I see your love you got for your wife. I see your love you got for your husband. I see your love you got for your kids. I see the love you got for the homeless folks. I see that. And I see your faith. And I see the service. And I see your, your long suffering. You being patient with people. You being patient with your boss. You being patient with your wife. You being patient with your kids. You being patient with your husband. He said, I see that. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. And he said, I see all your improvements. I see them all. Now, what happens is, if we are in a prideful spirit, we can focus on these qualities and begin to be puffed up, begin to become self-righteous. So what we want to do is we want to take those, that encouragement and say, okay, I'm, I'm good at that. Let me keep improving in that. Let me not start getting prideful though. Why? Because I know there's something that I can always be working on. And that's what he finna give us. He says in verse 20, but I have this complaint against you. So he let us know what we're doing good, but he backed down and said, but I got something against you. I got to complain against you. Right? Now, when he says that, the first thing that you don't want to do is have that little attitude. You know, when you're talking to humans and they be like, but they give you that, but and in your mind and in your heart, you be like, you kind of get kind of agitated because you're like, not what now? You don't want to have that attitude with God. So when he says he has a complaint against you, that's when you want to come in a humble spirit to say, what is it, God? Because whatever you got to say to me, I know it's going to save my soul. He says, you are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. Now, understand, when we're talking about Jezebel, we're talking about a spirit right now. Okay? Because I, I don't want the, the He-Man Woman Haters Club from Little Rascals to come out and see, like, I told you. To, I'm not, I don't want to go there. You know, say that for the YouTube. But we're talking about a spirit. And we're going to see how this spirit begins to get in the prophets of the church and begin to do what? Lead my servants astray that spirit begins to preach another gospel and begin to lead God's people his servants his servants the ones he's he was bragging on in verse 19 he said those same servants they let this Jezebel spirit creep in the church begin to produce another gospel and it began to lead my people away she teaches them to commit sexual sins Ooh. and to eat food offered to the idols. Verse 21, I gave her time to repent. Y'all see my uh, 
the, 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 the sign up there. I've been banging every pin sign since the beginning of the time. All the way from the first inning all the way to the ninth inning. I've been banging every pin. Because I know that's the message of God. I know we got a lot of clever messages out here. We got a lot of anointed messages out here. But the most anointed message that God ever gave man will always be repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But anyway, he says, I gave her time to repent. But what happened, God? But she does not want to turn away from her immorality. The prophets that's speaking today in our churches, that's been captured by this Jezebel spirit, they're preaching to you another gospel that's getting you can almost hooked on the same thing God is asking you to repent from. See, these, these, these prophets of this other gospel that I'm talking about, they're not going to preach to you to turn away from your immorality. They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to train you up in righteousness. They're not going to talk to you about holiness. They're not going to rebuke you. They're not going to do these things. So what's going to happen is you're going to get comfortable with committing sexual sin and eating food offered to idols. That means you start having idols. You start offering your sacrifices to idols. You, you offer your mind to idols. You offer your body to idols. You offer your money to idols. That can be any type of idol body. But you start offering up to these idols that what the prophets are preaching that you should go after. They're not going to preach against these idols. You know what they're going to preach? God wants you to have these idols. Jesus died for you to have these idols. And they're going to do it in a very clever and persuasive way. Now, let's go to first King chapter 21. OK, first King chapter 21. And we're going to see how this Jezebel spirit, how they preach, how they teach, how they begin to. I mean, they so it's so clever. It's so clever. And if you're not in the spirit of the Lord, walking with him daily, picking up your cross. This is why he said, pick up your cross daily. He said, anybody who wants to follow me, man, you're going to have to deny yourself. Deny yourself so you can hear the true gospel. Deny yourself because when this other gospel come, you'll be able, you're going to be already dead. See, when you dead, another gospel can't fool you. Come on, host. <laughs> that was the Holy Spirit again. Uh, that was the Holy Spirit Okay, so in First King chapter twenty one, we uh we we up at uh Jezebel. She and I already stepped on the scene, right? And she didn't already done her thing. I mean, she making hand waves, y'all. She got influence. She got power. She got she got people on her side, and you know, then she got she got weak man that she can control. Let me say this out loud again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Jezebel spirit got weak man. The spirit has weak men that they can control. So that's number one. You go, That Jezebel spirit is always going to look for a, a territory. Come on, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A territory, a family, a church that has weak 
man. Weak man that can't control, they can't even control their thoughts. They can't control their emotions. And last but not least, they can't control their penis. That's what the Jezebel spirit looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when she see that, she said, oh, okay, this is going to be easy right here. Yeah, this, yeah I'm going to turn them into my prophets. Yeah, I'm going to have them eating at my table in no time. You hear me? So she didn't already had that happen. She had about 850 prophets already eating at her table, y'all. Do you hear me? Before First Kings chapter 21, go ahead and study out uh, Kings. She already had 850 prophets eating at her table. And she had another hundred hiding in caves. Do you hear me? That, that spirit, oh, it was a powerful thing. And you know, that spirit, it hates the prophets of God. It hates the prophets who go to come and talk all this fire from heaven and all this holy. That's why she hated Elijah. Yeah, she, she couldn't stand that because he, he bringing down fire from heaven and he burning up idols. She like, uh-uh, get him up out of here. Ain't nobody got time for that. See, the, that Jezebel is going to hate true prophets of God. So I want you to know, I want you to go ahead and prepare yourself. If you're trying to be a true prophet of God, that Jezebel spirit that's over America right now, it's going to hate you. Are you ready for that? Yeah, it's, it's going to hate you. So we come up to verse 21. Now, there was a man named Naboth from Je Jezreel. And I'm reading from the New, New Living Translation. The, re the reason I read from that, you guys, is because I get a better understanding and the words are way more e easier for me. You know, uh, I had got a C in English when I was in high school, so I just try to stick to what I know. Okay? Okay. So, there was a man named Naboth from Jezreel who owned a vineyard in Jezreel, right? So this man, he, he had owned a, a vineyard that was passed down from his ancestors. Now, this vineyard is something symbolic to what God passed down to us through the spirit. That's how we're going to look at the vineyard. It's something that I, that that's passed down from us in the spirit and we don't sell it for anything it's the holiness it's the spirit it's the righteousness of god all right and it was beside the palace of king ahab of samira one day ahab said to naboth since you uh since your vineyard vineyard is so convenient to my palace i would like to buy it to use as a vegetable garden. I will give you a better vineyard in exchange, or if you prefer, I will pay for it. Now, I want y'all to see this slick talk. This is what I'm telling y'all. This is what this Jezebel spirit go do. Look at the slick talk. All right, number one, I would like to buy it to use a vegetable garden. So the devil go always come off of you to try to sell your holiness, sell your, your righteousness, sell your pureness that you're walking with God. And he always going to try to say he got something better for you. If you do it this way, it'll be better for the people. If you do it this way, you will get more followers. If you do it this way, it'll reach the people more. 
He always coming to buy what's been passed down from you from generations to generations. What is he doing? He's already presenting to you another gospel. Now, the word that God showed me when I was reading this, the first word he showed me that this Jezebel gospel is going to be doing. It says, since your vineyard is so convenient to my place. Okay, it's always going to, the gospel of Jezebel is always going to preach something that's convenient for your lifestyle. It's going to be convenient for your feelings. It's going to be convenient for your flesh. That's what that gospel is going to preach. What's convenient to the people? What makes it easier for the people? I know what God says. I know what repentance says. I know what holiness says. But what's convenient for the people right now? Let's make it easier for them. They don't want to get out their car, so let's do DoorDash for them. Let's do curbside. Let's make it convenient for the people. The world is doing it, right? So let's go ahead and make it convenient for the people in the church. That's what that gospel begins to do. So you're going to hear him preach about things that's convenient for your thought life, convenient for your relationship life, convenient for your dreams, convenient for your business plans. That's what the gospel is going to be preaching to you. Okay. And then it says, also, when it says, I would like to buy it to use as a vegetable garden, I would give you a better, a better. It's always going to offer you something better than the gospel Jesus Christ already died for. It's going to offer you something better. Marriage, people. The devil is always going to come and offer you something better. <laughs> We're taught that we should be content. The devil is going to always come and offer you something. What? Better. Didn't he do it to Eve? She was in the garden of Eve, you guys. Perfect. Nothing lacking. The devil, cunning, slick, slimy, came and offered her something. What? Better. What can be better than what we already have? We have God living in us. We have the venue yard living in us. What can be better than that, devil? But this other gospel, it begins to creep into your thought life. And it begins to lead you astray. And guess what you start thinking? Well, there is something a little better. I mean, I mean, it's, it's kind of outdated. You know, they always talk about, I mean, they got to, God need to catch up with the times. We don't say that, but we are saying that while we preaching this type of stuff. Like God need to catch up with us. You see what I'm saying? It's going to offer you a better lifestyle. It's going to offer you better relationships. It's going to offer you better money. It's going to offer you better jobs. And guess what? It's also going to offer you better dreams and visions. And it's going to do it. What? All in the name of Jesus. This is another gospel, you guys. And whoever is preaching that the scripture says in uh, in Galatians, hey, they're going to be cursed for that. But let's keep moving and grooving through this word. And then look, look how slick he uh, uh, Ahab was. And that's that Jezebel spirit. See, that Jezebel spirit got, is controlling Ahab. That was his wife, but it's controlling. He said, I will pay for it. I will pay for it. 
Ladies, just because he said he'll pay for it doesn't mean that he showing you love. Doesn't mean that he's really into you because he'll pay for it. Ahab had it like that. That's why he was able to pay for it. <laughs> That's why he paying for it. He just got it. Moving on. But Naboth replied, the Lord forbid. See, this is what God raising up right now. And I and I speak it right now over the underground. God is raising up people who going to say the Lord forbid. They going to be bold and say God forbid. This is what he said to Ahab. That I should give you that inheritance that was passed down by my ancestors. That's what I'm talking about. Tell them, tell them, Nabot. Tell them, Uncle Nabot. He say, God forbid. I would not sell what God has given me. I would not sell the holiness God has given me. I would not sell out on for some money or whatever y'all want to give me. I ain't selling out for it. God forbids. In the last days that we're living in. You're going to have to start telling people, the Lord forbids. Yeah, 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 baby. I, I mean, I really like you like that, but the Lord forbids. Yeah, yeah, you cute and all, but yeah, the Lord forbids. I know I get extra money. Yeah, I know. Ooh, he can, oh, man, he can take care of me, but the Lord forbids. The Lord forbids. He made me feel good. Oh, man, that would be easy money right there, but the Lord forbids. The Lord forbids. And if you sitting up under this other gospel, you ain't going to be able to say that. You ain't going to be able to say that. Verse four, follow me, follow me. It says, so Ahab went home angry and sullen because of Naboth's answer. So he went home angry and kind of downcast, basically. And ain't that what happened when the prophet or when the minister or the priest of God begins to preach the word of God, most people go home angry. <laughs> oh, they go home downcast. I'm telling you right now, when the word of God, the real word of God is being preached, the real gospel, the denying yourself gospel being preached, people go home sad. They be like, man, they, they too religious. They start saying stuff like that. They too much. They too serious. They go home downcast. They have a downcast spirit about them when they hear the real gospel. Why do they have a downcast spirit about them, my brothers and sisters? Because they have been so breastfed with this other gospel of America. See, I have a newborn. She acts differently when she received my wife's breast than how she acts when she received the bottle. You guys have been on America's gospel breast too long. And so now when the bottle comes to you, you got an attitude. Your face starts and you start turning your neck away. You got that neck as a baby. You know that baby neck can't even stay stable. Just, just everywhere with it. What you, what's wrong with your neck? That's a whole bunch of believers these days. 
get off the American gospel breast. Just you, you what you, I, I, <laughs> let me not say that, but get off the breast. Okay, check this out. So he, you know, so he went home, he all mad. And then the king went to the bed with his face to the wall and refused to. Can you see him? Just go ahead and picture him. He in the he in his room just sitting on the bed, looking at the wall. <laughs> you ever walk in on somebody? You're like, what's wrong with you? What's you mad for? You know what I'm saying? That's how he he just in the room. What's you mad for? You the king, right? I mean, you king. But he, so he in the room, he all mad. You know what he mad about, though? He not mad at neighbor. He mad at the word of God. Let that sink in. See, some of, I'm telling you, the souls, the, the, the spirits of America, man, the anger is coming from, it's they hate the word of God. See, the word of God is convicting them. It's reproving them. It's correcting them. And they hate it. Nah, man, you just got to be paid. They, they trying to grow. No, no, no. The people hate the word of God. They hate it. And they upset about it. So guess what? And he refused to eat, too. So he, he refused to eat. The message of the Lord is an abomination. It's an abomination that's going on in the land of America. And when you hear that, you know what I'm saying? You got things going on in America. You got you get, you know what I'm saying? You got your American dream going on. Man, you gonna be that stuff gonna make you mad when you hear that. You ain't trying to hear all that. So verse five. What's the matter? Somebody coming to coddle him. Somebody to come to breastfeed him. This is when that other gospel. This is what can this is what attracts people to a other gospel. What? Because they begin to hear what they itching ears want to hear. I don't want to hear what that man said. He told me I can't have what I wanted. I want his land. I want that job. I want that woman. I want that marriage. I want that lifestyle. And I don't want to hear what that prophet over there talking about. So where's the somebody else? Come tell me something I want to hear. And Jezebel right there at your doorstep saying, I tell you what you want to hear. What your itching ears want to hear. Huh, Ahab? What your itching ears want to hear? And she said, so she asked him, what's the matter? So I want y'all to see already. What's the matter? It, 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 it shows that she's, con she's concerned. See, that spirit is going to always feel like it's concerned. That is, it's always want your best entry. What's the matter? Talk to me. Let me know what's going on. And I want you to know, once you start talking to that spirit, you entertaining demons already. You already setting the lunch table for them. Let's keep on moving and grooving through this good word of God. Yeah, it's the good word of God. So his wife Jezebel asked him, what made you so upset that you're not eating? What's wrong, Ahab? What you, why you not eating? I had the maids cook you something. Why you not eating? 
Jelly Bean, see if somebody else trying to get in real quick for me. Okay, he got that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So yeah, she uh she so she's saying, What's what's wrong? Why you not eating? You see how she's she got that concern. That spirit is concerned. It's concerned about your well-being. It's concerned uh, about your fleshly things, but it's not concerned about your soul. Welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I'm just a voice of one calling out saying, repent. You know the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you come in, go ahead and put it on mute for me. If you can, just put it on mute for me. Thank you very much. It's concerned about what your flesh wants. But it's actually not concerned about what your spirit needs. So verse 6. He said, I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he refused, Ahab told her. Naboth didn't refuse it. God refused it. Oh, God, talk to us right now. See, God refused these things that you're going, mm. <sighs> come on, God. I, I, what I want to do is talk to God's children right now and say, is God refusing it? That is your father. He knows what's best for you. You are covenant something that you don't really need. That That's the spirit Ahab has over him right now. He's wanting something that somebody else had. Bro, you got, you a king. You got the palace. But he wants somebody else's vineyard. You want somebody else's husband. You want somebody else's wife. You want somebody else's job. You want somebody else's lifestyle. You want somebody else's IG page. <laughs> we got people these they cover other people's IG page uh, they look happy on their page take a picture with me why we don't take a picture why we don't take pictures like that <laughs> we got people what's, come on guys people you know why you ain't propose to me like that why we don't go on baby moons why you don't take me to dinners like that you will clear my toenails you get what I'm saying so <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to be I'm being for real. We we are covenant things, and that's what's going on in uh your boy Ahab life. But he's controlled by what this Jezebel spirit, and what does this Jezebel spirit come and do? Present to you another gospel. It's coming all back around. Okay, verse uh seven. Now this is. I, man, y'all. when God showed me this, I was like, ooh, God, I, I see what you're saying. Now, I want y'all to hear the language and sound of the gospel of Jezebel. Listen very carefully. Are you the king of Israel or not? This gospel going to go start. It's go. you a king. You a queen. Ain't you a queen? Ain't you a king? You somebody. You should. What, what you mean? You should get what you want. Whatever you need, whatever you want, you should go get it. The world is yours. You see how Jezebel talking to uh, Ahab? But I want you to see, she's coming with a very sneaky, conniving encouragement. Aren't you the king, Ahab? See, she's trying to gas him up. And that's what this gospel do. This other gospel begins to gas you up for what? Fleshly things. It doesn't gas you up for the righteous, holy, anointed, set apart things of God. 
it begins to gas you up to go after those things that you only see in the physical realm. And just he say, are you the king of Israel or not? Jezebel demanded. You best believe that spirit demands your attention. It's going to demand your time. It's going to demand your mind, your heart. It's going to be demanding on you. It's going to demand your money. It's going to demand your body. Why he so proud? Man, I, I'm telling y'all, I entertain these spirits half uh, most of my life, man. I didn't have it. I know this spirit right here. And when God freed me from it, man, I, I, I felt, I'm talking about just a whole transformation over my life when I got freed from this spirit, man. And it's over, it's over America right now as we speak. It's in the homes of America. It's in the churches of America. It's in the schools of America. It's in the, uh, the politics of America. It's everywhere. But she said, Jezebel demanded, get up and eat something. You see, still worrying about that flesh. Still worrying about her flesh. Not, not agreeing with what the word of God prophesied to Ahab already. The word of God says, no, I'm not selling you. I'm not doing that. See, a, a, a woman of God, listen to me, man. Listen to me, man of God. A woman of God would always encourage, would always agree with what thus says the Lord says. Oh my God, that 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 that's gonna save a whole bunch of y'all from getting in battleships. I don't call them relationships no more. I call them battleships because if you don't got God in it, you're gonna be battling your whole life. Talk to him, Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. A woman of God would never disagree with what thus says the Lord says. Period. I'm gonna leave it there. Let it simmer, uh, let it simmer on the pen and let it fry and let it burn. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. It. I'm gonna keep on moving and grooving through this word because it's so good, right? I mean, it's just it's so good for the soul. I mean, the word of God is just so good for the soul. And don't worry about it. Mm, you, you, look at the language of this gospel. Don't worry about it. It's gonna be all right. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't let the don't don't let the haters uh mess you up. Naboth's a hater. Yeah, that prophet don't want to see you win. They that this gospel begins to turn you away from what thus says the Lord says. It begins to look at it begins to make you look at the prophets of God as they are negative. They so they so downcast. They don't have any fun. They don't know how to relate to people. That's what's going to happen. So get ready for it, prophets of God. I'm here warning you, prophets of God. Anybody who wants to be a prophet, a disciple, a evangelist, a pastor, a bishop of God, listen to me. Get ready. The persecution is coming to America like never before because of this gospel that we're going to be banging. So get ready. Okay, okay. Listen to what the uh it says. Don't worry about it. I get you Nabat's vineyard. Ooh, I get it for you. Oh my God, he 
she loved me. She said she'll take care of me. See, she down. She down. He, oh, my God. He said, girl, he said he'll take care of my school bills for me. He said he'll take care of my bills, my rent. Yes. 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 I get it for you. Look at the language. Look at look the look at the cunning conniving. See, in my day, back in our day, we caught oh she 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 played with it. Yeah yeah yeah. She got a she got a mean uh game right there, man. Yeah 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 yeah. She talking a good one right there. Live life to your fullest, Ahab. Don't worry about it. I get that vineyard for you. Yeah, that prophet don't know what he talking about. Talking about God said uh, he can't pass it down. Man, I get that for you. Ahab didn't say a word. I want y'all to know it wasn't the physical Jezebel that had him quiet. It was that spirit from ancient times that was in the Garden of Eden that was on Jezebel that had so much control over Ahab, man. See, I got to let y'all know, y'all messing with ancient spirits, man. See, y'all been in this world only 30, 40, 50 years. But these spirits you battling, man, they been around since time, since I don't know, man, from forever. They had your mama hooked on it. They had your daddy hooked on it. They had your great, great, great daddy hooked on it. And these spirits you messing with, man, what you mean you, can't, you don't need Jesus? What you mean you don't got time for him? The arrogance of us these days, man. So verse eight, listen to what I'm saying, you guys. Verse eight through uh, 14, it shows how she wrote a letter. I'm going to break it down to you. She wrote a letter to some uh, officials, right? Let me read. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, this is verse eight, and sealed them with his seal and sent them to the elders and other leaders of the town where Naboth lived. I want y'all to see the influence that, she, that this spirit is going to have. See, we're so busy getting captivated by the influence of people that we don't, we're not even looking at the spirit that they operate in. We so captivated by the followers that people have, we're not listen, looking at the spirit that they operate in, God's people. You see what I'm saying? So she, she, yeah, she got, she got, she got clout. Yeah, 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 she got clout. Yeah, that spirit gonna have clout because it's very attractive. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna let me say that. The Jezebel spirit is very attractive. It can it has that when it walks in the room, it can probably draw you if you're not in the spirit of God. If you don't know how to test that spirit, it can draw you right in. So, anyways, in her letter, she commanded, call the citizens together. Do you see that? Call the citizens together. She able to gather. Oh, God, talk to her. she able to gather people together. This spirit is able to gather a group together, gather a crowd together. You looking at the crowd and think, man, they got a lot of people. They must be good. But that spirit know how to do that too, baby. You heard? I say that Jezebel spirit know how to galvanize. 
It know how to entertain. It know how to get in touch with your feelings. But that ain't the that ain't the uh the cold part about this spirit. She said, call the citizens together. I'm in verse nine, by the way. First King 21, verse nine. Call the citizens together for a time of what? Fasting. You see how she sneaked that? That oh my God. They know how they easily, every once in a while, they'll sneak some little. Some little holiness in there. <laughs> Didn't God say you can eat the apple? Same spirit from the uh, Garden of Eden. Always trying to twist up with, you know, holiness with the unpure things. And so... That's what I wanted y'all to see. She knew how to mix the law. She knew how to mix, because she was doing all this. This was up under the law. She knew what she was doing. The spirit is very smart, you guys. Very wise, very, uh, very conniving. So that's what was going on in verse 18 through 14. But verse 15 is where I want to pick up at y'all, and I'm going to end off kind of on that part. When Jezebel heard the news, so what happened is she got your boy Naboth uh, dead. She killed Naboth. Yeah, she had him stoned to death. Because what happens is that Jezebel spirit know how to kill the real prophets. They, they have a way of getting the people to go against the real prophets. To look down on the prophets of God. To say they judgmental. They don't know how to relate to people. So the people begin to stone the prophets of God. And that's what I'm telling you guys in America. That's what's coming. They're going to begin to stone, not physically, spiritually and mentally speaking. They're going to begin to stone you, persecute you, talk about you, hate you, downcast you, leave you, don't want to be associated with you. When you start to preach the gospel of who? Jesus Christ. So that's what she did. She had the boy stone. This somebody who's been in this. That's power, y'all. Yeah, she, that's power. That spirit got power. And ladies, I'm here to beg you plead with you in the name of Jesus Christ because I know most of the time you guys ladies are attracted to power status check the spirit behind that power check the spirit behind that status right because you may get into something and then years from now that's when you're going to want to come out no check it from the get go Stop getting entwined and getting into to things that listen, it has a Jezebel spirit. You attracted by the power and the status, the influence of what they have. Stop it. Stop it. That's the word of God for you tonight. Stop it. That's the word. Yes. Just stop it. I, I don't, I, that's all I hear. Stop it. You know, when you go to when you see a red light. We don't argue with it. We don't be like, well, wait a minute. It's red. Is is it really red? Is that what is what is that what the light really saying? It's really red. 
Should I really stop? No, we just stop. We we obedient. See, this is how I know we know how to be obedient. Because when they red lights say red, we are, everybody, I don't care who in that car. You can have game bangers in that car. You can have murderers. You can have the most evilest peoples in these cars. But when that red light says red, everybody get obedient. <laughs> That's how I know we, we are naturally, we can be obedient. We just don't want to. We are hard head, stiff neck people when it comes to the things of God. That's because we've been up under another gospel. So verse 15, when Jezebel heard the news, she said to Ahab. So she she heard what happened. Okay, they stoned him. Cool, cool. So she said to Ahab, you know that vineyard Naboth wouldn't sell to you? Yeah, you, you know, he like, yeah, what happened? Well, you can have it now. He's dead. You can have it now. So Ahab immediately went down to the vineyard of Naboth. And this is the last thing God showed me when I was reading this to claim it. Ain't this a gospel going on? Name it and claim it. Ain't that's a gospel we've been hearing a lot. Ain't that's a gospel that is tr trickle in the church, claiming it. I I'm here to tell some of you people of God, you're claiming things. That God haven't even ordained. Ahab went to claim a vineyard that God didn't even ordain him to claim. And you know he was happy when he claimed it. You're going to these. Jezebel churches claiming things, speaking things into existence that God is not even ordaining you to have right now in your life. You know what God wants you to have? He wants you to have a genuine, sincere relationship with him. But you know what? That's not enough for us anymore. It's just not enough. Now, I'm not talking about everybody, but majority in our self-centered, greed, entitled, money-hungry society, having a relationship with God is just not popular. It's not enough, and it's not fulfilling. That's what God wants from you. That's what he wants. That's why he sent his son. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross. It wasn't for us to chase after vineyards. It just wasn't. I'm sorry to tell you that. I'm sorry that they water it down to you so many times. And we've been sitting up under this gospel for so many years. Our parents sit up on it. Up under it. Our idols our celebrities, they post these things and we we ate it up and we just been sitting up under this gospel, this Jezebel gospel for so long. But God is here to say, man, that's not of me. That's not of me.
you know, it's gonna be hard. For, it's just you know that I I just keep hearing that from God, man. That uh, it's gonna be hard for true believers in the upcoming you know years if we still alive and if you know Jesus Christ hasn't came back because we don't know when. Uh, it's gonna be hard because, man, people don't want to hear this, man. You know, and I'm being honest with y'all. Y'all talking to? I'm not talking what I heard. I'm telling y'all what I know. It's it's only few. Many are called, but only few are chosen. That's what the word of God said. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news that God provided the way for man to be free. From the penalty of sin. That's that's what the gospel is all about. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. For no one comes to the Father except through me. He's given us a way to get to God. And that's not even good enough. You know why? Because we create other ways to God. We got these brilliant minds that's, I don't know, I don't know where these brilliant minds that came from, but they all of a sudden got another way to God. Everybody's so brilliant these days. Everybody's so deep these days that they have another way to God. So Jesus Christ, that gospel wasn't enough. So we creating another gospel, right? You just been sent up on a Jezebel. That's all. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's given us a free gift. Everyone dies physically, but those who believe in Jesus Christ are promised a physical resurrection into eternal life. Those who reject Christ will not only die physically, but would undergo a second death, which the Bible describes as eternal lake of fire. Man, when the last time we hear this type of stuff, man? Let me tell y'all something, man. One of the main reasons I get up on this thing and preach, one of the main reasons I try to live this walkout is because I'm scared of hell. Let me, I'm going to just, if it wasn't no hell, man, I'll be acting, I'll act a fool. I'm just saying me. I'm just I'm just putting myself out there. If there wasn't no hell for if there wasn't no consequences to not following God and obeying God's word, man, I wouldn't be on no underground. I tell you that much. Nah, I ain't finna be on no underground preaching to nobody. So we gotta talk to people about hell. Well, I don't believe it's a hell. Well, ain't nobody even it doesn't matter what you believe. That's what I'm trying to say. That's that arrogant spirit of people. I don't believe God will put people in hell. But his, he tells us in his word he would. He tells us. But I'm telling you, we didn't got too successful. We too brilliant. We too educated. We too, uh, we, we got money. We got status. So uh-uh, God can't put me in hell. You see my life. I'm doing good. I got a vineyard. I got influence. I got, I'm writing letters to government officials. I'm galvanizing people together. Uh, why would God put me in hell? Because you rejected his son, Jesus Christ. You rejected the gospel. Hey, Jesus is the only one in whom salvation can be found. That's, that's what you're going to get persecuted for in the last days. Don't come telling me it's only Jesus. Ain't nobody going to want to hear all that. 
Because you know what Jesus do? He began to call you up out of that lifestyle that you're living in. You can't stay comfortable in it. That spirit of, of Jesus began to convict you, talk to you, encourage you. Get up out of that. Get up out of that. That ain't you. He, he began to call you to holiness. Acts 4 and verse 12 says, and there is salvation in no one else. You see them? That, that's the words right there that's going to uh, get you persecuted. You come into a, a group of people. You come into American society that's been sitting up under a Jezebel gospel, that's been sitting up on an all-inclusive gossip gospel. Everybody welcome. It don't matter what you is. It don't matter how your lifestyle is. Do whatever you want, but everybody welcome. Everybody getting in hell. You kill 15 people, but it's okay. God forgives you. God loves you. You can kill all the babies you want in the world, but it's okay. You got to have grace. You got to be forgiven. Another gospel. Rob whoever you want. Break whoever you want. It's okay. God will love you. He will never throw you in hell. And once you come against that, everybody going to be like, who are you to judge? Who are you to kill somebody going in here? <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ is the best news anyone will ever hear. They got some nice songs out there. They got some nice movies out there. I see it. But I'm telling you, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the best news anyone will ever hear while they're walking on this earth. You better, hey, while you got the breath in your lungs, while you got the ears that you can hear, while you got eyes that you can see, because I want you to know, Miss Pretty Thing, Miss Fine Young uh, Man of you, all the ladies love you, I see you, but I want you to know, you're going to be worm food one day. You have a date with worm food. So while you have the time, quit rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is calling you to choose life. Call on the name of the Lord and you be, will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You call on Jesus tonight and you begin to ask him to show me how to walk this out, God. I don't want to walk it out, God. You're going to have to show me. Yeah, when I first came to God, I, oh, I was a rebel. I had an attitude. I, ain't, I wasn't trying to do nothing with God. Man, I ain't trying to do all that. I wasn't trying to do nothing, God said. See, because this is a spiritual book we read. This don't have nothing to do with our flesh. This is a spiritual book. And this book is, man, it's, one of, it's against man's will. So you're going to have to lay down your goals. You're going to have to lay down your ambition. You're going to have to lay down your desires. You're going to have to lay down your wants. You're going to have to lay down what you want to do and say, God, what is it? I will. That's hard. That's why we ain't doing it. Well, what do I get when I do that? What I'm going to get if I do all that? You know, say, man. Okay, I feel you, but what I'm going to get? Let me tell you what you go get. You go get a personal, intimate relationship with the creator of everything that you see with those beautiful eyes of yours. Yeah, you're going to be able to pray to him. And I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. And when you pray to him, man, you see things happen right away. 
Yeah, when you pray for your family members who's sick and you lay hands on them, man, you go see them get healed right away. Why? Because you got a personal, intimate relationship with the creator. Yeah, you got a personal relationship with somebody who keeping your heart beating right now, keeping your blood flowing right now. You got a newborn baby, you gonna have a relationship with somebody who gonna be able to watch over that crib while you over there slobbing, sleeping at night. You gonna have a relationship with him. Yeah, when your child be sick, you gonna have a relationship with him who can heal them. When you got boys locked up in jail and ready to kill themselves, man, you gonna have a relationship with somebody who gonna be able to send them a comforter. When your mama on drugs, when your daddy locked up, when your sister strung out on crack or something like that, you gonna have a relationship with somebody who can heal them in one instance. That's the rewards you get. So keep your little vineyard, player. I don't want none of that. Yeah, keep your little vineyard, keep your little influence, and keep that little cheap dollar that you got because ain't a dollar in this world can buy what God and give me. Ain't no price in this world you can put on my soul, cuz. And I mean that. See, I want us as children of God to begin to get vicious with this spirit. I want us to get vicious with this Jezebel spirit. Jehu is beginning to rise up in the land. I want you to take the sword of God. And I'm talking about that spirit. You take the sword, which is the word of God, and you go up to that spirit, you stick it in a stomach. You stick it in that devil, that demon stomach, and you pull that sword out real slow. And when you pull it out slow, you look him dead in his eyes. And let him drop to the ground. And stand over and make sure he's dead. Yeah, when you begin to get them spirits up out of you, make sure you stand over and watch it breathe his last breath. Don't walk away too fast. Yeah, make sure he's dead. Be vicious with these spirits. Why? Because they was vicious with your mama. Yeah, they was vicious with your friends. They was vicious with your daddy. They ain't showing no grace. So I ain't showing these spirits out here none. I don't want no peace with them no more. I don't want peace with none of these Jezebel spirits. What you want? I want war. I want to look you dead in your eyes and tell you I want war now. But anyway, <laughs> appreciate you coming out to the underground. The place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground place to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. And who am I? Man, I was just the voice of someone calling out saying, repent. You know the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I ain't ashamed of this gospel. I'm out.